Amen. You may be seated. Good to see you all. Thanks for coming. Glad you all are here this morning. Hebrews chapter 4 is where we're going to continue our series in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. Before we get into the message this morning, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And I believe that God wants to do a spiritual awakening in this world before Jesus comes. I believe God wants to bring revival. I think God is looking for a group of people to start an awakening and revival with, and why not us? Why not us? Why couldn't it be this group of people that truly let God overwhelm us to a point where something starts with us here? That's what I'm praying for and hoping for as we move forward into the days in which we live. And speaking of that, God has some things to share with us this morning out of his word. So Hebrews chapter 4, beginning at verse 11, we are looking the last couple weeks at this whole concept of spiritual rest, of being at rest in our soul. And we've determined that this rest is really being settled with God satisfied with God and secure with God. It's being at at a place that regardless of the circumstances and situations and challenges of life, we are at rest. The Bible tells us here in the book of Hebrews that God offered this kind of rest to his people when he delivered them out of Egypt. But they never experienced his rest. Because they never trusted him. They never believed in him. They never put their confidence in him to go into that promised land and possess what God offered for them. So that whole generation dies out having never experienced or enjoyed God's rest. And the author of Hebrews here in these couple of chapters is saying to us, this rest, this This soul rest, this spiritual rest, is still available for God's people today. But just like the Israelites who came out of Egypt, it's possible that we won't experience it or enjoy it too. And so everything that he's writing about here then in these couple of chapters is to encourage us and exhort us to get to a place with God, unlike the Israelites, where we truly are at rest in our soul. Because a person, just like the Israelites, can be saved and yet not at rest. The Israelites had gotten saved and delivered out of Egypt, but they never experienced God's rest in their life. They wandered. They were restless. They were roaming. They were always, you know, dissatisfied and looking for something other than God in their life. And God said, you're going to die in the wilderness. Always searching but never coming to the one who can truly satisfy you and fulfill you. In fact, the only one. And God is saying, here's the tragic thing. This same thing has happened throughout history since that time and continues to happen today with the people of God who refuse to live life God's way and enjoy his rest. 
Instead, we live our lives in a restlessness, in a roaming, and a wandering. Now, God told us in Hebrews 4.11 that we must make every effort to enter this rest. That this is not something we're going to enjoy passively or casually. Just sitting back and say, okay, God, I, I want your rest, but not be willing to do our part. Remember, God calls us to be a partner with him, to participate with him, just like he did the Israelites. Here's the promised land, but, and I'll be with you, and I'll conquer all your enemies, but you're going to have to go in and actually fight the battles and do it my way and follow my instructions. They weren't willing to do that until the time of Joshua. And so God is saying the same thing to us today. Are we willing to put forth the effort that we need to as the people of God in order to experience and enjoy his rest? The words make every effort mean to fully apply oneself and be diligent. And there are so many Christians today that they want the blessing of God on their life. They want the favor of God. They want to be able to enjoy, you know, this rest and all of that and be at peace and have joy and, and live the abundant life that Jesus promised. But they're not willing to put forth the effort. And so the author of Hebrews is saying, no, no, we've got to do our part. Are we willing to apply ourselves to our relationship with Christ and be diligent in our spiritual life so that we can grab a hold of this life that God wants us to have? Now, we've already seen, and we're going to see this again big time today, that our enjoyment and experience of God's rest is going to be directly tied to our relationship with the Word of God. Which is why then I direct your attention to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Where after he tells us that we must make every effort to enter this rest, he now tells us this. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing even to the point of dividing soul and spirit and joints from marrow and is able to judge the desires and even thoughts of the heart. Notice that the author of Hebrews is sort of comparing the Word of God to a surgical instrument. I want you to think about that. And he's saying to us, if we're going to experience God's rest in our life and God's best in our life, then we've got to be willing to let the Word of God, this precise surgical instrument, really penetrate and pierce our being and get down deep and deal with the pain and problems that we have. Because that's the only way we're really going to be healed and experience God's rest. I mean, parallel this with the physical. If you and I have a pain or something that, that is bothering us, certainly we can pretend or ignore that it's there. I don't, I don't have a pain. Ugh. You know. And we can deny the pain we're in in life. 
Or we can choose to sort of live with the pain. That's what a lot of people do too. A lot of people either deny that they're in pain in life or they just say, I'm going to live with this pain. And when you and I choose to do that, then what we have to do to sort of compensate for that is we have to then begin to build other coping mechanisms into our life to help us cope with the pain. Because we're not willing to deal with the pain. We're, we're not willing to go under the knife, if you will, and go under that surgeon's knife and, and let him take care of it. Because we don't want to go through that pain. Yet yeah, it is ironic, but we're willing to live with the pain we've got. And some of you may say, yeah, that, that seems pretty absurd that if I had something really wrong with me, why wouldn't I go to the doctor? Why wouldn't I go into the hospital? Why wouldn't I go under the surgeon's knife and get that taken care of? Because then once it's out or once they deal with it, I'd feel better. But people don't even do that. They suffer physically for years with things because they're not willing to deal with the physical pain. And the same thing is true spiritually. That you have people who, again, either deny that they're really in pain or they begin to live with it and then have to, have to do all these things in their life to, to live with the pain because they're in pain. And they're not willing to let God's Word be that precise surgeon that cuts in there and gets to the heart of the matter, if you will, and doesn't deal with the surfacey stuff and just with the symptoms, but literally gets to the root of it and takes it out so that healing and wholeness can come. Now again, it, it's not that when you and I go in for physical surgery that there's not pain. And God's saying... I'm not saying that when you and I open ourselves up to the Word of God, there's not pain. But from God's perspective, just like it would be physically, you understand that if you go through that pain, it's going to bring about ultimate healing. God doesn't put us through the pain of His Word for no reason. God always brings this sharp, precise instrument into our lives so that the pain that we go through when we see things in our lives and, and know that things need to be dealt with and that this can actually solve the problems and bring healing and wholeness, that we are willing to do that. But just like in Moses' day, there are still people today, people of God, who refuse to go under God's surgical knife of his word. Can I say, that's why churches that don't really teach the Word and get in deep to the Word are very popular and filled up. Why churches like this will never be full. It's because even the people of God don't want to go through the pain that's necessary to get out of the pain that they're in. They would rather deny they're in pain or somehow choose to figure out how to live in that pain rather than to let the Word of God begin to cut into their life and take out the things that need to be there or cut into their life and put into their life the things that need to be there. They want no parts of it. And so they will stay in pain, obviously. You see... In chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 12, 
What the author is really telling us is God's word can bring healing to our lives. Are we willing to go through what it takes to stay connected to the word of God and dig in deep and let it dig in deep to us to truly experience the healing and the wholeness that God wants to bring to our lives? To show you this principle from the word of God, keep your finger in Hebrews and go back to the book of Proverbs to chapter 3. I want to show you a couple passages out of the book of Proverbs this morning that talk about this principle of God's word bringing healing into our lives. And before you get there, I will quote this verse from Psalm 107, verse 20. While the people of God were in captivity in Babylon, the author of Psalms says, God sent them an assuring word and he healed them. And the word there in the Hebrew literally means a medicine. That God's word was a medicine to his people. That's what's being portrayed in Hebrews 4.12. Does it taste good all the time? No. Hey, I don't like it when I sit in front of the word of God for hours every day. And because I'm there, it's like it's showing me things about me and my life and who I really am. That It's painful. But God says to all of us, if we're willing to confront where we are and who we are with his word, it can begin to bring healing and wholeness to our lives. That's God's intent. Yes, it's sharp. Yes, it cuts. Yes, it penetrates. Yes, it pierces. But always with God's intent that it bring ultimate healing. Notice in Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. This will bring what? Healing to your body and refreshment to your inner self. Wow. See what God is saying? If you and I would get to a place with him where our soul is at rest, where we are spiritually at rest, it actually will positively affect our physical and emotional well-being because they're all tied together. When God created us, he created us body, soul, and spirit, and they're all intertwined. You can't compartmentalize the human being. And when we're not at rest spiritually then physically and emotionally, it's going to show up too. And so God says, I want to heal you. I I want you to enjoy physical life and and emotional well-being and spiritual well-being. But it starts with letting my word penetrate and get in there and do some cutting in order to bring healing. And then go over to Proverbs chapter 4, just to the next chapter, and look at verse 20, 21, and 22. My child, pay attention to my words. Listen attentively to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Guard them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them. And what? Healing to one's entire body. See, the Word of God tells us through the Old and New Testament that 
Yes, God's word is like a surgical instrument. Man, it convicts and it it can cause pain, but it's only to be a temporary thing to lead us to real healing. And much of what people suffer from today, even in the physical realm and emotional realm, even though you don't hear this and won't hear this even from many Christians, goes back to a lack of spiritual rest in their life. They blame it on other things. Now, a sinus infection is a sinus infection. Okay, I get that. But there are many ailments and things that even Christians and the people of God suffer from physically and emotionally, that if they would let the Word of God penetrate as God wants to and bring healing, they would actually realize that they actually physically and emotionally are better because they finally dealt with that inner restlessness and wandering and roaming and lack of spiritual rest that God wanted to bring to them through His Word. Back to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 13. When you and I are not willing to let God's word heal us, it's probably because, again, we're trying to deny there's any pain or problems in our life, or we're just trying to live with the pain and run from the problems. And therefore, the second key word here, besides the word uh, healing today that I want you to see, is the word hiding. Because that's really what he's talking about in verse 13. When in the context of the word of God, he says, oh, and by the way, no creature, which means anything that God created. Well, there's an important point because many people today don't even believe that God was a creator. But because God created everything, then the Bible says there is nothing that is unseen or hidden from God. Everything is naked, literally laid bare and exposed, uncovered to the eyes of him to whom we must render an account. In fact, the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 3, says the eyes of the Lord are in every place. God doesn't miss anything. There's nothing that can be hidden or covered up from God. Even though human beings have chosen for a long time to try to hide what's really going on. And God is saying, I know what's going on. Why are you hiding? Don't you realize that instead of trying to hide from me, that if you just let my word come into your life... I can heal you. I can bring wholeness into your life. I can give you rest. It's one of the reasons why back in chapter 3 we saw a couple weeks ago why the Bible says that another effort we need to put forth is our effort towards each other. To exhort one another every day because any of us are susceptible to being hardened by sin's deception. And, and one of the concepts there is that one of the ways that sin is deceiving is because if you and I aren't willing as human beings to accept the truth of God, then we will accept lies. Because again, the way God created us, we can't be a spiritual vacuum. 
So if, I, if I'm not willing to accept the truth of God, then I will buy a lie. And I will begin to live on lies rather than the truth. Which is why the author says, you realize then you're living on very shaky, sinking ground. Because to live on lies, is there's no stability there at all. The only rock, the only stable thing to put my life on is the truth of God. And when you and I choose to ignore, disregard, not believe in the truth of God, then we will automatically be accepting lies. Because again, I, I can't be a vacuum. I can't. It's impossible. That's not the way God created human beings. So that's the real danger. That's what we need to warn people about. If you don't accept the truth, then you will be believing lies in place of the truth. And that's sinking ground. So one of the lies that we will believe is that we can keep our pain and our problems hidden. We can keep them covered up. We can pretend and put forth all this energy and effort into pretending that everything's okay when everything's not okay. And can I tell you, that's a lot of effort. You'll never experience rest when you live that way, and yet many people do. They live for years that way. They're not really right on the inside and their life is filled with pain and problems, but they've never allowed God to come in with his word and really bring healing. So therefore, they just live in this pain and try to cover it up and hide it from everybody and pretend everything's okay. And the author of Hebrews is saying, you, you, it's futile, right? You, you realize you can't hide what's really going on from God. He knows. And we see this principle all the way back at the very beginning of this whole mess, don't we? In the book of Genesis, chapter 3, what happened? Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they sinned. And what does the Bible say they did? They hid. They tried to hide from God. And they would have remained separated from God if it would have been up to them, did they go looking for God after they sinned? No. They withdrew. They ran away. They hid from God. Who was the one that came looking for them? It was God. God's the one that ran Adam and Eve down and was looking for them because he didn't want them out of his love to stay in this place of such pain. He wanted to bring healing into their life. But the automatic first reaction of a human being when we sin and when we disobey and when there's pain and problems in our life is instead of going to the only one that can really bring healing is we hide from God. We withdraw from God. We run from God. And that still takes place today. And I love what God says, why, why are you hiding? And God knew, but he wanted to hear it out of Adam's own mouth. Why are you hiding? And Adam said, you remember what he said? He said, oh, I was naked and, and, and I was ashamed. Well, wait a minute, Adam, just a few minutes ago, before you disobeyed, you were naked and it didn't bother you. 
Why is it bothering you now? Because I got something to hide. See, before Adam and Eve sinned, they could be laid bare and totally uncovered before God and they were okay with it. Not because it had anything to do with physical nakedness or not naked. It had everything to do with before they had nothing to hide from God. Transparency. Here we are, God. The reason that there was a change in how they began to view God and how they even acted themselves is because now all of a sudden there's something in my life and I don't want God or anyone else to know about it. And so it's all about hiding and covering. And remember what God does? God says, your kind of covering can't deal with that. I'm the only one that can provide a covering now for this. And that's why God, in a foreshadowing ultimately of the Messiah coming to die on the cross for our sin, slayed animals, shed blood, and put those coverings on Adam and Eve to cover their nakedness before him. See, human beings have always been about hiding, pretending, covering. And yet here's the awesome thing. The God who knows everything about us. Everything. I mean, the Bible says in verse 12, even the word of God and and the mind of God even knows our thoughts. In other words, God knows even the things that no one else knows. God knows us completely. And just like with Adam and Eve, though, here's the amazing thing about God. Even though he knows us completely, he doesn't run the other way. He actually comes after us and says, I want to heal you. You're broken. I want to... I want to deliver you. I want to get you out of the pain that you're in. And God obviously understands, I'm the only one that can bring this healing. I'm the only one that can bring this salvation. I'm the only one that can bring this deliverance into your life. Stop hiding. Stop pretending. Stop running. Let me heal you once and for all. Which is what then verses 14 through 16 are all about in Hebrews chapter 4. Because in this context, notice then, the author begins to remind us of who our high priest is. Who's our personal representative before God? It is none other than the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And I'm just going to read these verses this morning and then share a few thoughts with you. Therefore, he says, based on the fact that God knows everything about us but doesn't reject us or run away from us, we're the ones that run away from God Here's what he says in lieu of that. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. Let our walk match our talk. For we do not have a high priest incapable of sympathizing or having compassion with our weaknesses, our human feebleness, frailty, and fragility. Jesus knew what it was like, even by experience, to be a human being. I mean, as God, he knew. But to go the extra mile, God became a man and became fully human as well as fully divine and knew exactly what it was like to have a human body. 
but one who was in every way tempted just as we are, but never yielded to it. Therefore, he says, let us confidently, it means without reservation, approach, that means draw near to God, the throne of grace. Not the throne of judgment, not the throne of condemnation, but for the people of God, the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace whenever we need help. There's the third word that starts with H. The first one, healing. The second one, hiding. And the third one today, helping. See, this is how amazing and great our God is. That God, unlike anyone else in the universe, knows exactly who we are. He knows everything about us and we can hide nothing from Him. Even though we try to pretend and put on a front and hide our pain and live in pain and all that, God knows exactly where we are spiritually and what condition we are in. But instead of pushing us away and saying, well, I'm a holy God and you are so unholy, I want nothing to do with you, this holy God is so amazing that he says, but I love you and I created you and it it just pains me to see you, my child that I've created and that I love in such pain. And I know I'm the only one that can solve this problem in your life. I'm the only one that can bring healing. I'm the only one that can bring wholeness. And so I want to come into your life and I want to send my word into your life. And I want to remind you that at any time, you not only have my word, but you have your savior, your deliverer, the one who died on the cross for you. Even though he knew everything you would ever do against him, he's up there in heaven and he's ready to help. Let him help. Stop hiding. Stop running. Stop pretending. And go to the one who can truly help you and heal you. And begin to live the kind of life that God came to give to his children to live. Stop living in needless pain. Stop pretending you're not in pain. Because God is saying, you can run to other things, you can run away from things, but you will never be pain-free until you are willing to come to me, do this my way, go under the knife of my surgical word, and let my word deal with the things way down deep that needs to be dealt with. And when you and I are willing to do that, we finally experience the wholeness and healing that only God and His Word can give to a human being. You see the juxtaposition, if you will, here, amazingly, in these verses. In verse 13, we are reminded that it's futile to try to hide from God, and yet all of us do it at one time or another. And yet in the very next verses, he's saying, but as the people of God, we should confidently, without reservation, approach God. 
it's so sort of counterintuitive, I guess. Because like all of us, when we're struggling spiritually, when we're in a bad place and we're spiritually unhealthy and we're in pain, usually what do we do? We don't keep coming to the Word of God or coming to church because I don't really want to deal with anything. I, I want to keep hiding and, and pretending. And so I'm avoiding. <laughs> and yet the Bible says, but you realize you're, you're going to keep running and you're going to keep being in pain because the only thing that's going to bring true healing and wholeness to your life is the God and his word that's right in front of you. And going back then to verse 11, that's the effort you and I need to make. We need to be willing to make that effort. To fully apply ourselves. To staying connected to God. Staying connected to God's people and staying connected to the Word of God and to God in prayer. Because it's the only way we're going to have healing in our life. What will you choose today? You and I all have a choice before us today. If you're here today and you're at spiritual rest and you're pretty much pain-free on the inside in that inner self, soul place, then that's because you've been doing for a while the, the spiritual disciplines and things that God calls us to do. You've been making the effort. And it's showing up. I would like to say to you, keep it up. Because as we learned last week, at any point, any of us are susceptible or vulnerable to falling away from God and losing what we have right now. But if you're here today, or if at some point you watch this podcast, and you have pain in here, I'm going to ask you to not deny that there's pain there anymore. To not pretend like everything's okay. To not put that fake smile on and to put forth this front like everything's spiritually okay in here when it's really not. I want to ask you today because we're already laid bare before God. We're already exposed. We don't like to be exposed and vulnerable, but guess what? Before God, we are at all times anyway. God knows. But God is not here seeing everything laid out there and going, ooh, I don't want to help you. I don't want to deal with it. Get away from me. He's doing just the opposite today. He's saying through his word, I'm the only one that can heal you. I'm the only one that can come into your life and get rid of that pain that you're in. 
Will you finally let me come in and do a work with my word that I want to do? To bring healing and wholeness to your life. Remember, just like the Israelites, we can try to get to our promised land our way. But if we do it our way, we'll never get there. And unfortunately, just like the Israelites, if you want to go your own way your whole life, God will let you live in pain your whole life because he won't force his spiritual surgery on you. He's only looking for willing patients who are willing to put forth the effort and, in a sense, lay down on the surgical table of God and say, God, do a work in me and bring about this healing that only you can bring. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Let the one who died for you and who loves you, even right now in all of your pain, let him help you. Let him help you. He wants to help. He wants to heal. And if he puts you and I through some hurt and pain, it's only temporary. His pain is only temporary. It is only to inflict the pain that is necessary to deal with what needs to be dealt with once and for all so that we stop just trying to treat the symptoms of what's really wrong. And we finally let God and his word get in there and deal with the root issues that need to be dealt with. Let God bring healing to your life today. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. As they come and get ready, we're going to sing a, a final song that's entitled, Take My Life and Let It Be. I'm going to ask some of you today to be willing to get out of your comfort zone. Because guess what? I've been there several times in my life. Do I like going into the hospital facing surgery? No. In fact, if you do, I'd like to talk to you. You're a little on the, you know. None of us likes it. But can I tell you from personal experience, after a couple times in my life going through the pain of surgery and coming out the other side and not having to deal with the pain that I was putting up with for years, you know what I, you know what I, one of the first things I said to my wife, why didn't I do this earlier? Why didn't I, why did I put up with this pain for years? Why didn't I go under the surgeon's knife earlier? I feel so much better now that I'm pain free. So I want to ask you today, and again, you and I can we can do our business with God right there, but I'm going to ask you today, would you stand, please?